0: Welcome back to the Bonded Podcast, Till Death Do Us Binge. I'm Tom. And I'm Nicole. And our intern music is called Walking Back to El Paso by Texas Radio Fish. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about Goldfinger.
1: We're talking about the uh, 1964 spy film, the third of the James Bond series starring Sean Connery. And it's based on a novel of the same name by Ian Fleming, which is pretty cool. Uh, Honor Blackman. As well as Gert Frome are in this one.
0: Are most of them based off of Ian Fleming's work?
1: Yes, he did create them. You are correct. Oh, but, you know, um, we should talk about, uh, just kind of pause things for a while. Happy 2020.
0: Welcome to the new year.
1: Yes, welcome to the new decade. Um, We have Bond news. Since do we then. We do, we do. Um, there's going to be a new Bond film, as you're probably all, all aware, Um. It's going to be called No Time to Die, which reminds me of the 50 Cent movie, Get Rich or Die (laughs) Try. So I'm probably going to be very confused about the two, and I'm probably going to name them the same at some point and refer to them the same way. Um, Daniel Craig's last foray into Bond, from what we've heard. And it's coming out out this year. I want to say it's toward the end of the year. And there's some very pensive James Bond looks along with some... Bevy of beautiful women and uh, the lightest hearted evil guy. (laughs) Played by Christoph Waltz.
0: (laughs) Based on the previews that I've seen so far, this one coming up is going to be depicting Bond towards the end of his career. Yes. And rumor has it that James Bond is actually going to be killed off.
1: And there's going to be replaced by a woman which is kind of interesting. The woman
0: is going to be the new 007 going
1: forward. And actually, the release date is April 10th of this year, unless it gets pushed back again, because it did get pushed back once. So it's good to know that we're going to have new Bond soon. So we have some catching up to do, I think.
0: So it begs the question, then, are we looking at a complete reboot of James Bond with female protagonists going forward, or are they going to revert back and try to come up with a new male 007 in the future.
1: I mean, I think they could really do it either way. Um, It would be cool because they've had so many different people play Bond. If maybe, you know, we could continue on that line and have...
0: But I mean, is it really truly a Bond film if it doesn't actually have James Bond in it? They would probably just have to call it 007. It wouldn't actually have the Bond name in it anywhere.
1: That's true. That's true, um, but you know it's kind of like it's a totally different game now. James Bond, I feel like, represents a golden era of the spy, the spying world, the espionage world, um, and is it time to make a change? That's the real question.
0: It it honestly begs the question as to whether or not this um, movement of trying to bring more female protagonists into Hollywood is going to pan out. The, uh, the movement has had hits and misses. Um, Wonder Woman was an amazing hit but the female Ghostbusters film unfortunately was not. So it really depends on whether or not they can find the right person to play the new 007 who is convincing enough to be the lead spy character going forward
1: yeah i agree um i feel like though it's sort of what they did with um the jeremy renner series that he took over the born series yes it's sort of like that i mean you know the born identity movies were great the books were pretty good too but then they kind of moved on to something else with jeremy renner's character
0: but then ended up coming back to Jason Bourne later. Yeah. And it was kind of a flop because people, by that point, were a little confused about maybe where the storyline was going.
1: Well, see, so if they would have just stayed with the Jeremy Renner and stopped there, maybe that's the answer.
0: But, of course, Hollywood has to crank out as many sequels (laughs) as they can possibly do. I I mean, heck, you know, there's rumors going around of sequels to goonies to princess bride to um oh gosh i can't even remember some of the other ones
1: well and the good news about who i think is the um the character that is being the new bond um nomi in the movie she was she played um in captain marvel she was the pilot like the best friend of claire Mm -hmm. so that was pretty cool um and rami malik is also in it as well as Christoph Waltz. Money Penny is, I think, new. No, Naomi Harris. Was she in the last one? I don't think so. No. And Ray Fine is back as M. Jeffrey Wright is in it, who is a very good actor from Westworld. But again, I still think it's hilarious about Christoph Waltz because he seems like he would be a delight. But he plays bad characters very, very, very well.
0: Well, we've prattled on for the last 10 minutes about not the movie that this episode is actually supposed to be about. So let's go ahead and get back to the original topic of Goldfinger. So, synopsis. We're dealing with a tycoon who has plans for world domination. It's your typical
1: James Bond Bond. Bond
0: (laughs) supervillain. Bond is put on assignment to try to find out more information about how... He's doing the illegal activities that he's doing.
1: At, in Miami Beach, of all places, in the 60s, which is a pretty swinging Hepcat place.
0: <laughs> he, uh, he ends up uh, sleeping with Goldfinger's girlfriend, and she ends up dying in one of the most infamous ways in the James Bond series. That being suffocated by being completely covered in gold paint.
1: She died from skin suffocation, which is actually a thing. Yes. Um the character who played the Tin Man in Wizard of Oz had problems with that. Did yeah, you know apparently that?
0: Yeah. you're supposed to leave a small patch unpainted at the base of the spine and to allow the skin to breathe and the rest of the body can be painted and you're just fine. Yeah. It is very similar in nature to if a scuba diver ascends too quickly and ends up getting the bends because the nitrogen in his bloodstream ends up expanding too quickly
1: yes now so goldfinger is basically selling bullion internationally so there's this whole separate conversation that they have about banking (laughs) between m and i think it was the governor of the bank of england (laughs) So it's really cool that they kind of established, hey, this is how he's going to do it. Now you have to figure it out. In a world where there are supercomputers, but not everybody around you is using a computer, you know, personally.
0: In the end, James Bond ends up finding out that it's not actually a plot to steal gold or to launder money or anything like that, but rather to set off a dirty nuclear bomb at Fort Knox and make it so that basically like a quarter of the world's gold supply is completely unusable.
1: Yeah. And, okay, so he goes from Miami Beach to England, and then he goes to Switzerland in
0: order to... to, to um, hey, he's, he's to... pretty globetrotting, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, and there was an odd scene. I felt like the whole scene of the woman driver who had the, the gun, the rifle, that was the sister of the...
0: The woman who died, who died. to the pain. That
1: just it felt kind of like out of place there. I think I think they should have had a little more character development there, but you know.
0: Yeah, she was kind of a momentary eye candy, and they killed her off a little too quickly. Yeah. in in my view, um, she was only in the film for all of about ten minutes,
1: if that. Yeah, and um, she did some good stunt driving though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and by stunt driving, you mean sitting in a car in a studio (laughs) while a movie projection of a background was playing behind her.
1: Um, And of course we have to talk about Goldfinger's plant. He has a huge factory where lots of things happen.
0: (laughs) And a gigantic laser that is capable of cutting through solid gold and gives the most infamous line Of Bond supervillains in the entire series. Which is, no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die!
1: Well, and he actually talks about how he smuggles the gold, which is kind of cool. So, he's so rich that when he travels places, he takes his own car with him. A phantom. He flies it with him. So, whatever plane he's on has to have compartment room for... A phantom. Yeah. A Rolls Royce Phantom. So it's kind of interesting because I think today even we're we don't have that kind of <laughs> we don't have those kind of planes really a lot. You know? Like they used to have the double decker planes and things like that. And now Well, there are still
0: C five cargo jets.
1: Yeah, that's true. But they're few and far between, I think, to the regular consumer. Because like there were a lot of people getting on like tourists and stuff getting on the plane in Miami.
0: Granted, in today's day and age, the C-5s are 99% in the ownership of the military and are used for transporting tanks and stuff to war zones.
1: Or Vin Diesel, anywhere he goes. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe The Rock, too. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Hey, parachuting's about family.
1: (laughs) The Rock needs some shoulder space in a shoulder room.
0: And he needs to break casts off.
1: (laughs) I was talking about in um, Hobbs and Shaw when he's like in the play.
0: <laughs> and I was talking about when he gave the line, Daddy's gotta go to
1: work. Yes, yes. Well, luckily, The Rock is not being James Bond. I'm knocking wood or any wooden surface I'm, I can find.
0: I think it's more a, a prayer or some
1: <laughs> kind of sacrifice <laughs> needs to. <laughs> Please, God, no. <laughs> He can save the world. Just not as a super spy named James Bond. <laughs> he's not exactly subtle. <laughs> or stealthy. No. Um, also, we get that character that, like, everybody has seen or have been familiar with. Um, the... Uh, Oddjob? Yes. Yes. He is a cool character. And he's got a bowler hat.
0: With a razor blade edge <laughs> on it, apparently.
1: Well, don't all Polar hats have razor blades on
0: them? Yeah, a razor blade edge that's completely <laughs> invisible.
1: <laughs> now, there is a scene Um, he, he does something very un-James Bond-like and actually almost gets captured. Um, he trips that little wire in the factory and they They capture him and they put him on a table and there's a laser and it's getting very, 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 very close to his James Bond.
0: (laughs) Um, Rewind just a second. I'll I'll remind you that the reason the wire got tripped was actually from the sniper rifle of the girl who was the sister.
1: I was wondering when you were going to bring that up. Pretty much just exposition (laughs) to
0: get her killed. (laughs) And yes, she got a bowler hat to the back
1: Yeah Now, um, Goldfinger is not just um, A gold connoisseur or a car connoisseur He has a stud farm near Louisville, Kentucky (laughs) Where he breeds horses (laughs) Hey, you know,
0: diversification
1: (laughs) He has a diverse portfolio, yes Mm -hmm. And, of course, the best name ever for his pilot Who, she's actually really cool I really like her. She seems strong without being overtly like, I was put here because I'm sexy kind of thing, you know? However, you can't
0: get much more overt of a name.
1: Yeah. Should, should Do, I say I mean, it? Are we
0: actually going to say it? On I, I mean,
1: it's a name, right? It's a name. It's a name. Her yes. name is Pussy Galore. Yes. Yes, her name is. Yeah. She's yeah. the cat lady to us all. Yeah. She and, probably has a lot of cats, actually. <laughs> and she's, like, sick of it. Like, whenever she goes to, like, parties and stuff, like, they're like, oh, we have to have a cat to give to Pussy Galore. And so they give her a, a cat, and she's like, what are you doing? I have, like, 50 cats already.
0: Can you imagine a relationship she would have with her parents? Like, my not, my last name is Galore. You could have named me anything other than Pussy. Well,
1: maybe that's not her 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 given name. I have a cousin whose given name is Kitten. I kid you not. Her given name is Kitten.
0: Why, God, why?
1: <laughs> I don't know. But her middle name is something different. But she went by Kitten. To each their own. I mean, <laughs>
0: after all, I dated somebody who preferred to go by the name of Pickles.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, he has an operation called Grand Slam, and he meets with, like, mafia bosses. Like, in the dark night. Like when there's the calling of the families and the Dark Knight Heath Ledger walks in, there's no magic trick, people. It's called Goldfinger.
0: Yep. And he double-crossed each and every single one of them, promising them that they would be able to get tons and tons of money in their gold, uh, imported illegally through his methods of smelting it down and building it into the car that gets flown back and forth. But in reality, it was just so that he could have more of the gold that would be unradiated after his plan came to fruition. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: He ends up killing each and every single one of them,
1: and then you know he makes it to the U.S. Bullion Depository at Fort Knox because you know everybody can just break in there. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing about it, but it just seemed a little.
0: His plan was a little far-fetched, yeah. which was to take a quintuplet of propeller planes with nerve gas canisters and kill 60,000 people on the base so that they could just walk in, dynamite the front gate, (laughs) blow up a bomb inside Fort Knox.
1: Yeah, because that's what you do on a Wednesday when there's no golf game on. So
0: that's that's his boredom activity.
1: I feel like it is because it was it was very, like I was really excited about it. I was like, okay, we're gonna have some action, and then it kind of fell a little flat. I feel like, like the set was not well planned. <laughs> you just saw like the guys like stand, you know, running toward the windows. I'm like, oh, we're gonna get them, and you know,
0: yeah. If there are People with semi-automatic weapons that are firing out through a choke point, you yeah. don't just charge into no. the choke point. No. That that's that's kind of certain death.
1: Yeah. I mean it's it's right up there with starting a land war in Asia.
0: Or wearing a red shirt in Star Trek.
1: Or <laughs> not having a name in Galaxy Quest.
0: <laughs> I'm criminal <Kermit> number six. <laughs> You have a name, do I?
1: <laughs> now, Bond is also handcuffed to the bomb, which is kind of interesting because he he kind of has to get his hands dirty, you know, and it feels like it feels like he hasn't filled out a report in a while, this James Bond.
0: Also, does it strike you as odd that the world's leading spy has zero training in bomb disarmament?
1: I mean, I feel like he should have. I know, in like in the movies, like you know, you had to go through like in the movie, the games based on the movies, you had to like go through different kinds of training. You would think that they would have covered that in spy school, but again, James Bond is different than a lot of spies. But it it really does feel like he's definitely set apart in this one. I think.
0: Also, it could have just been that they deliberately wanted to make the audience think that there was a chance that James Bond might die when the person who actually knows how to disarm the bomb comes in at the last second of the day.
1: Yay! Um we just talked about in the a few se- in the last segment about how <laughs> James Bond might die this time. <laughs> Is that like a recurring thing? <laughs> Do we all always think that right before the new movie? <laughs> well, <laughs>
0: That's kind of the point of every James Bond movie yeah. is to make you think that he might not survive. Only this time, they're actually going to follow through with it after thirty odd films.
1: But you know, this—I think—the last fight scene was actually pretty cool because um, Odd Job really shined as a martial artist. I think, and he was like, you know, getting in there, like getting things done. But his death was was pretty fun.
0: I'm going to have to disagree. <laughs> Because the sum total of his contribution to that final fight was being completely <laughs> impervious to punches and kicks.
1: As one is.
0: Walking around, grabbing James Bond and throwing him across the room.
1: Right, as one does.
0: Which um, Sean Connery, you know...
1: It's is, not in it, a lot of those scenes, He's not he in either.
0: a lot of those scenes in the one that he is. He's sort of like... It looks like his chest has been greased up and he just kind of slides across the linoleum.
1: Okay, you've just experienced three of the top ten of my dreams of all time. But anyway, <laughs> we're not talking about your fantasies here. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm really kidding. But it 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 felt like the train scene from a, a previous from, from the
0: previous movie. <laughs> it, it did. The uh, the coordinating on that particular sequence was not fantastic, and of course James Bond had to get in his one liner after he kills him. Shocking. <laughs>
1: Because he kills him by shocking him. (laughs) The good news is that um, he gets to go to the White House for lunch. That's how they reward an international spy.
0: Because when you save Fort Knox, you obviously get to meet the president.
1: Right. But, you know, Goldfinger hijacks the plane on his way there. (laughs) And that scene is something I feel like Airplane 2 really touched on where they decompress the cabin it's also
0: that was <laughs> quite possibly the most ridiculous <laughs> death for a supervillain i have ever <laughs> seen because he brings a golden gun onto a plane
1: his own plane right no it wasn't his plane but it was a private plane
0: it was a private plane it was a private plane and Shoots out a window. <laughs> Somehow, James Bond is sucked with like maybe half the force that he is.
1: Well, he's Scottish,
0: so he's denser.
1: <laughs> he's solid. He, he solid gets, like a pegasus.
0: Gets pulled towards the Earth core at a greater rate than oh. other Ameri- other British people well, who are you fatter. Know,
1: Goldfinger is a solid guy, so maybe that had something to do with it
0: and then they tried to make us think that somebody who's like six foot 280 pounds somehow gets pulled through an airplane window that's like maybe a quarter of his circumference
1: no i i feel like when he rescues pussy galore who just happens to be flying the plane. And they land, and he's like, "This is no time for to be rescued." And then, like, he pulls like the the canvas of the parachute over. Yeah, we've oh, really.
0: never seen that trope before.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was a little, I think, formulaic.
0: <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's only been used in just about every single other Bond film. I can think of at least three others
1: <laughs> that we've actually watched together. Yes. Yeah. Maybe not. Okay. I'm
0: talking from like the Pierce Brosnan
1: days. Right. Right. Oh, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. So overall, I don't know what to say about it. What did you think of this one?
0: Um, I think it wasn't quite as campy as the others that we've watched have been, uh, which is a step in the right direction.
1: I see. I feel like my expectation for this, because I'd never seen it before, was really high up there because they made Gold Member, and I was convinced when we before we were filming this that I was going to be or rather recording this, I was going to be switching out those two continuously because I've seen Goldmember like 10 times at least. Um, I feel like it kind of typified the spy movie point. So, you know, I was like, okay, they're going to do this. Okay. They're going to do. And it didn't really do that. Like it wasn't as campy, but I feel like it wasn't as.
0: Because Goldmember was meant to be a complete and utter. Tongue in cheek parody.
1: parody. Right. I understand that, but. And this apparently sets the tone for other Bond movies. Like, this is the template now. Yes. This this, this film. But I feel like the other two were a little bit...
0: Yeah, they start and having some recurring bad guys. There's one particular uh, guy who's super tall. He's like six foot six Yeah, and he has the eight. jaw. Yeah, the he's, jaw. he's got the well, jaw. Well, he doesn't have the
1: jaw the first time. He has the jaw the second time.
0: And he's got, like, silver teeth.
1: And he played um, His... Bigfoot in Six Million Dollar Man.
0: And his bit in James Bond is that he bites pretty much anything. Lockjaw? I think his name's Lockjaw. I feel like
1: they're all, like, the bad guys are all, like, bad or rejected American gladiator names. (laughs) (laughs) No? No, you don't think so? (laughs) Let's bring it up to the 22nd century here.
0: uh, We'll we'll call them American Ninja Warriors.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. But, I mean, I felt like this one kind of fell below my expectations. And don't get me wrong. Like, you know, he was he was, he was was definitely, you know, cool. I like James Bond. I'm still a Sean Connery fan. Um, but I feel like he could have not worn the short jumper, the shorts, and just, like, you know, had his chest up there out and open like he was during the fights and stuff. That would have been okay.
0: Or when we first meet him in the movie and he's getting a massage and you see the carpet that is his chest when he stands up.
1: <laughs> yes yes i feel like there was a lot of eat it and i'll put hair on your chest when he was growing up and you know i mean obviously in the scottish accent but um
0: it's so. one of your fantasies carpet bombing
1: no no it's not um but uh so i felt like it kind of fell through i like dr no i think the most and from russia with love had some memorable scenes so i like i think those two better than this one Okay. <laughs> I just expected fair, more. <laughs> fair assessment. Because <laughs> everybody knows this one, you know, like you say Goldfinger and they're like, oh yeah.
0: Well, as I mentioned, like, you know, the most infamous Bond girl death and the most infamous supervillain one liar.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no. And it's just, I don't know. It's just kind of weird.
0: No, I, we, I, I have a very good friend uh, that has also become your friend since we got married um who is an absolute bond nut and i can count can i even count on the number of digits i have i don't think so (laughs) the number of times that he's quoted the no mr bond i expect you to die quote from that movie
1: yeah well and so according to uh, there's a book called james bond in the cinema and according to author john brosnan Goldfinger represents the peak of the series. It is the most perfectly realized of all the films, with hardly a wrong step made throughout its length. It moves at a fast and furious pace. But the plot holds together logically enough, more logically than the book, and is a more perfect blend of the real and fantastic. So I, everybody else is like, drinking the Kool-Aid, yes, yes. And I'm like, no, sorry, not for me. I don't know what it is. It's kind of weird. Who knows, but...
0: Well the later Bond films definitely lean more into the fantastical things like Moonraker and uh, oh I don't know Ice Hotels.
1: Ice Hotels are a thing. Ice Hotels are totally a thing.
0: I understand that.
1: I love Ice Hotels.
0: But that that movie, the whole sequence <laughs> on the I've, ice was I've, I've never absolutely
1: seen Absolutely ridiculous. I've never seen it. Now um our next film, so okay, so based on this film, is is Daniel Craig still your favorite Bond?
0: Um, I'm still gonna say yes.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm still gonna say that uh, that Mr. Connery is is my Bond, even though he kind of, it kind of fell flat. There was enough funny stuff I think in this one um, to make it go okay. Now next time, we have one coming up. Do you know what the fourth Bond film is?
0: I don't off the top of my head. Why don't we tell our listeners?
1: It's Thunderball which makes me think <laughs> of that of that like movie from the future where like it's sort of like the running man but they have a sport
0: you're thinking of Mad Max beyond the Thunderdome
1: no I am not I'm no? thinking of something completely different. Chris Evans was in it and um,
0: oh that's something much newer then
1: yeah with uh, sports. I'm trying to think of what it was called. It was like Murder Ball or something. It was in the early 2000s.
0: This does not ring a bell. Oh my gosh. It's. See <laughs> I mean, what it is. So just. Um... Oh, you're not talking about, talking about dodgeball,
1: obviously. No, I'm not talking about dodgeball. I would never confuse dodgeball with anything.
0: It's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see how it works out for him.
1: <laughs> ESPN El Ocho! <laughs>
0: um. And who could forget Chuck Norris giving the thumbs up?
1: Double thumbs up. Oh no, was it just I one? I think it was just one. You think it was just one? I want to say it was called Murder Ball, but that's a different movie. I can see a picture of it in my head and they're like all, there's three people, two boys and one girl and they're in like a cage and Murder Ball is about um, wheelchair rugby. Well, there's a movie that I'm talking about and if you know what I'm talking about, it doesn't have Chris Evans in it, but it was early 2000s maybe late 90s at the latest. Um, and there's three actors and they're, they're all kind of in their 20s at that point. And they go into a cage to fight. And they have like, <laughs> they have armor. And I want to say they have something like a lacrosse stick, but like it's like, like curved. And I, I watched it at my parents' house when I was in high school or college. I want to say college. It was a weird, stupid movie. and somebody is probably going to be listening to this they're like that's my favorite movie of all time if you find it let us know reply we would love that right we'd love a comment on that yeah so until next time which should be sooner right
0: should be sooner
1: yay oh what do you think um this movie is going to be about by the way
0: what do i think
1: oh have you seen the new one the next
0: bond yeah
1: have you seen it thunderball thunderball have you seen it?
0: I have don't think I've seen Wonderball. No.
1: I think it's going to be like The Natural, which is a baseball movie with Robert Redford where he has a bat named Wonderboy and it's created by this lightning striking a tree in his in his neighborhood and then it become he becomes a really good baseball player because of Wonderboy. <laughs> it's not going to be that way. Thunderball is probably going to have electricity, right? I don't know.
0: When you, when you say Wonder Boy, all I'm reminded of is your animal companion from World of Warcraft, which was called Wonder Moth.
1: Yes. What was the secret of his wing?
0: So that's going to do it for us for this time around. Thanks for joining us at uh, Till Death Do Us Binge. I'm Nicole. And I'm Tom. And we'll catch you next time.
1: Bye bye.